Yeah, do, do we think... So that's interesting what you said about Ra's Nassim, presumably at any time, could have gone through the town, collected up the cubes, opened the Tomb of Annihilation. Does that mean he's near the Soulmonger but doesn't care about it? Or he doesn't know how to get in? Or something's preventing him from getting in? Right. None of that we know. And yeah. I don't think... This is going to be one of those things where we could ask every NPC and none of them know, except Ra's Nassim. Right. And, so, <clears throat> and it would be nice to go talk to Ra's Nassim, but he's got, like, what, a hundred yuan tees? And I don't... <laughs> We're going to have to fight our way through those. Or not. Presumably. Or them out. Right. So, so Jared had said something about um, the cubes reappearing. And it wasn't clear if that was because like In, a cube always reappears or if it, or it shows up if a cube is lost or destroyed. I think in, real, in re-listening to that, it, it sounded like, right, over the years, adventuring groups have come to Omu, tried to recover cubes, and for one reason or another... Presumably, even if you got all nine and you got into the Tomb of Annihilation, because it is famously deadly, then when you all die in there... The cubes are redistributed. The cubes, yeah, go back to their places of origin, either magically or by cobbled trap smiths. Oh, no, he said the cobbled trap smiths didn't reset them. That, that they didn't take care of the cubes. They only right, took care of the exactly. traps. exactly. They yeah. showed magically. So, yeah. okay, so, so what I was hoping was it was just one of those things where it's like... Um, the cubes reappear, and there might be multiple copies of the same cube out in the world at a given time. <laughs> but if you're saying that there's only ever one version of the cube... I think that's that's the impression I got. So the fact that we were able to secure... How many do we have now? Two we three? have four, if four. you count the ones the Red Wizard has, and I think we do. So um, that means that either... But there are other teams of Red Wizards active in town, actively trying to get the other ones. Right, so if Rosenzi hasn't opened up... Hasn't accessed the the Soulmonger yet. It would be because he was either not able to get all nine cubes at the same time, or whoever he trusted with them lost them or died. Does he possibly not know that, that that's what he's supposed to be doing? It's possible. Depends on how long he's been on. T- in, it's in possible, town. yeah. Then there, so then there's reference to the Lich who's going to turn the cobbled into a dragon, right? And that we don't think uh, is Rouse and C, right? Um. I, because the cobbles and the yuan don't get along. Right. right, true, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that is. It could potentially well, I mean, be the, one, the list that we already Player had. knowledge here, it's a Sararak, because of tomb, of tomb of Annihilation is based on Tomb of Horrors, right? Right. But that's about all I know there. Do we think that a Sararak exists, in, or did Jared change it? Or does it does oh, wait, we don't know. Does it matter? Okay. Didn't we wasn't we don't think the Lich is Relinder Shadow Mantle. Right. Because then the cobbles would be in league with the Red Wizards, and they don't seem to be that either. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. John, you have a thought? What was, what's the thing you were saying? You think it's a Sarah? Yeah, he's like a canonical lich that lives inside. This This uh, dungeon is from, like, the first edition. It was just re, uh, okay. re-wickered for the, for this. Right. But, I mean, that's player knowledge, not character knowledge. Right. 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 Speaking um, of, you know, quick sidebar, this, this tomb and, and that character are uh, mentioned in a book called Ready Player One. Right. Uh, I know you have easy access to books. <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna bring you my copy of the book, but Alice lent it to somebody else for book And the audiobook is actually read by Will Wheaton and is pretty good too. Yeah, I've heard that from a couple people, including my wife. So, how they recommend it? Yeah, it's one of the ones. It's one that you read. List, but yeah. Is that, is that my drink or your drink there on the corner? I opened up a coke, but oh, I don't have it with me. <laughs> I must have left it over there. That's oh, that's not yours. That's right. Okay, yeah. It's, not mine. it's about the right heft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you turn off the queso? 
No, I didn't touch the case. Why are you beeping? <laughs> I don't know why it beeped. I, I was just putting the lid back on it. You beeped. <laughs> It was like, hey, Mike, wouldn't you like some more queso? <laughs> I have queso. I back on. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's been on for hours. I don't know. Um, so, okay. So if we work for the Red Wizard, quote, work for the Red Wizard, then we can not spend the next three sessions raiding shrines, which is great, right? Because it's as fun as it is. Like, I kind of want to... Like, I can see there's a next step beyond fast, that. Fast forward. Yeah, and we can, we can like, great. Now introduce us to your friends. And they have their cubes. And, and they have and some cubes, and we have some cubes. And we're meeting somewhere. And we Right, and, and either we have all the cubes, and we figure out how to get into the tomb. Either it's in with the Yuan-T, or it's someplace else. And if that, it's someplace else, we just go in and ignore the Yuan-T entirely. Or well, unless they're like presumably we can't. sitting on top of right or one way or another, of. we'll probably have to deal with them. Yeah. And to do that, we may as well have us and five red wizards. True, like dropping fireballs or whatever. I like it, and and then that seems like better odds. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, actually, I really, I really like what you're saying because the the shrines are kind of interesting, but not. That interesting. I mean, they're they're yeah, just very minor. It, right. It's like this one has a trick, and oh, this one has a trick because yeah. they're trickster gods. Yeah. And like, I think it matters to map out the relationships. Yeah. But now that we have the nerd, we you just tell us can just do that, nerd. right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or we can get if we're unsure, we can go. It's either geographical, which it seemed to be, because because uh, the one of the guy Unk in the middle was yeah. kind of in the middle. Was in the middle. Um. Or we can go see the kobolds with our kobold buddy, and like I'm not worried that us and nine, us and five red wizards would be over, overpowered by any number of kobolds. <laughs> um, and they could just be like, oh, we we could say, you know, here's we oh great worm, we've brought you some treasure. Here's like ten silver pieces or whatever, and <laughs> and you know, tell us and part of your, your wisdom on us of like. Who the divided? Who the yeah, opposite yeah. ones are? You're talking about the chief kobold. Yeah, it, as a source of that information. Yeah, right. As yeah, a yeah, source yeah. of which ones are in opposition to each other, which which I think you're right matters in terms of how we use the how cubes. To put the cubes into whatever. Presumably, there's contained. a thing we put cubes in, and it <laughs> lets us into the the dungeon. The dungeon. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think we do want to talk to Rossensi at some point, and I think we're gonna have to um but it's not it's not clear whether there's any situation in which he would be an ally mm. or whether he is just a big bad that we have to beat up and kill i mean potentially he, he wants the cubes and if we have them we could he could have gotten them this whole time yeah it makes no sense to me yeah i don't know but that's but that's that that's the kind of plot hole that does sometimes exist in a module right so like who knows uh, Maybe he doesn't know that the cubes are in the shrine. Like maybe- that is impossible. They've been living here for years. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, there's these weird cube-shaped things in the wall. They're like there's these cobbles resetting traps, but we just ignore the rest yeah. of the town entirely. We yeah, just live right here. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's whatever, it's whatever. it's yeah. So it's still unclear to me, like if nobody has the soulmonger, or has- what even is the soulmonger. Right. Well, it seems to be connected to this death curse. Sure, we know that. 
but what triggered the death curse? Like, if the Soulmonger has been something, there this whole right. time, like, it seems like somebody would have had to at least attempted to get the Soulmonger in order to trigger something that would start this death curse. Right, and we don't think that that was Ra's to see, necessarily. Right, right. but it, the only thing is if he doesn't have the Soulmonger or doesn't even appear to be trying to get the Soulmonger, then what is he doing and how... Do Why is he an Omu? Right. Well, the right. the Red Wizard said that the Soulmonger was in the Tomb of Annihilation, yeah. which is presumably guarded by Asurak. Sure. So does Asurak have the Soulmonger? Is Asurak Maybe. the Soulmonger? Maybe. Yeah. But what is Ra's Deceive doing? Right. What is he trying to do? Yeah. Because right. you're just scared of him? Or scared. But why, would, why did he come here? What does he want? Maybe he's trying to stop the Death Curse too? That it's, doesn't seem likely. But it's possible. Maybe Asarak is the real big Sure, guy. maybe, but... If, if Asarak is in there and he's dangerous, do we have the wherewithal to be the Lich at level, what are we, 7? <laughs> level 7? I don't know. That's how the adventure's written, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, J- Jared made an offhand comment to me that we're sort of at the last part of this whole module... So, I mean, I don't know right, if people at this stage are usually like, you know, I don't know, level 15 or something. Well, I have no idea. Yeah, but if we all go in there at, at level 8 and it's meant for level 15 and then we all die, then that's not fun. Right. Anyone, right? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. And I think Jared knows that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not worried that he's going <laughs> to. He's going to just kill us. Like, oh, sorry, like, guys. Ha ha ha. You guys went up against the level 20 stuff. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem like his style. <laughs> I didn't want to GM anyway. <laughs> right. So it seems like, yeah. he would, you know, Dial it, it would either be like, yes, you get another level. Right. After that battle. And then another level tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or for some reason, or 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 maybe with the red wizards along, we make that work, and yeah. then that compensates for some of that. I don't know. Leveling up would have been a montage. What if we can't convince the red wizards that to be friends? I mean, we can't be friends forever, right? Because I don't think we want what they want. Right. They want to give whatever the soulmonger is. They want to give it to their lich master, the and that. in the end. We don't want that. Oh, I guess they don't want to give it to Valindra. They want to give it to... Well, but they, Valindra to give to Sastam. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Sastam. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I'm. I mean, I am slightly concerned about our ability at the end to beat five Red Wizards at the time. Yeah. Maybe, like, if we're fighting liches and stuff, we could just, like, push them in front of the lich. Like... Yeah, but <laughs> all of them... <laughs> Is that a trap they there? They probably oh. notice. Yeah, 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 yeah. After we assemble all the red wizards, uh, Yorgrim kind of wants to go see the King of Feathers. Yeah, we should do that. I thought I don't think I haven't seen a live T Rex yet. I don't have that in my Pokedex. You saw a young one. A young one, yes. So you do have it. A young one. That's true. Although the what? Yeah, that's tricky. If you see a young one and it's CR four, can you turn it into the CR eight one? Great question. Yeah. Or if I or if I become level eight and polymorph myself into a T Rex. No, I guess he said I guess he said I have to see it to polymorph into it, didn't he? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good question. Well it's just a little detour. It's just yeah. like whoop, up to the and corner. It's interesting that he was hinting that we're we're converging on the, the end of the module here because I feel like 
Uh, is it normal to have this many questions <laughs> going into the end? Like, yeah, that's a, a that we don't so what, know. What we missed besides each. Uh, we we did not do the whole Kirsabal plotline. That's a whole bunch of Aarakocra. Yeah, there's a lot of like wandering around in the jungle that we could yeah. have done and didn't. Yep. In various so parts of Cholt. Because of Quabuses. <laughs> and we were like, yep, yeah, we're going straight to Omen. Yeah. Fast travel. <laughs> Which is fine, I think, because we started it. We didn't start at level one. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and he said when we first got to Omu, he's like, yeah, this is about the level you're supposed to be when you get to Omen. Oh, that's interesting. But I guess if we're if we're then fast montaging through like all the shrines and all everything else, then maybe there was some leveling there. Yeah. Or some yeah. Maybe. yeah. I mean, like, so it's Ross points, like the the puzzles and like figuring out like what's the secret to each shrine, like that's fun to a point, but just like our party doesn't have a huge appetite for random encounters. We don't have a huge appetite for visiting every single shrine. Puzzle, puzzle solving. Yeah, necessarily. It's fun for like a session or two, and now it's been a session or two. Right. Exactly. Yes. I'm. I'm so it's not fun for eight sessions. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, so I don't know if he was planning on us, you know, leveling up in the process of doing all that, but it would have to be montage it. Yeah. I'm. I'm like not that. that worried about level. Level will take care of itself. Yeah. I. I, I yeah. Like I said, either we're point. good enough level and we can handle it. Or we're not, and we can't. Well, I suppose part of it though is that the red rose is already there, so we wouldn't necessarily have had to go through all of it. Right. My, my my biggest concern is isn't necessarily the leveling or, or hitting every point. It's did we miss something? If we're coming up on on kind of the conversions, is there something that we missed that right. would fill in some of these plot holes? I don't think so because we have we we had like a whole session talking to the oracle and like really grilling her. Yeah. About, like, how does this matter? How does this matter? Yeah. Does this matter? And, like, I think we have a pretty good picture of, like... What's going on? Yeah, of, of what all the pieces are that we missed. Like, we didn't play with pirates in Jalaka Bay, and I don't think we had to. Right. We didn't play with Aarakocra and Kir Sabal, and we only kind of have to, if we're worried about making sure that the child of Umbala unites the tribes and keeps Dendar the Night Serpent at bay. I think that's and that doesn't seem to have anything to do with Omu. That's like a whole other thing if that's, you want to do it. That's what's-her-name's prophecy, right? Ikus, yeah. Okay, yeah. Th- there is a plot line with Artist Simber and what, what's the name of the town that disappeared through a world? Uh, Mesro. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah a... Artist Simber and Mesro and like his wife. And his wife. And that has to do with, like, ancient history of well, Ra- Rasna Seed getting kicked out of there. But we, like, got all that yep. from, from yep. the Oracle, and it wasn't evident that any of it is something that we have to do anything about. Right, 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 right. right. And, like, the Frost Giants and Artist Simber, like, that's its own thing. Yep. And I gather that that ties in somehow with, like, some of the stuff from um, Storm King's Thunder, which I looked through a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, like, I think the people that... the Frost Giant work the whatever their lord is I can't remember his name right now <laughs> I think he's in that okay and and it ha- kind of has to do with like cool. he wants to turn the world to winter up wherever he is right oh right. that's um, but but that and and so like maybe that's just for like groups who played through that because that came out before this and it's like uh, to provide a it's just linked right because then also looking at Waterdeep Dragon Heist there's like a Cholton priestess who like knows. Uh, some of the people in Port Nianzuru and it's like kind of like a throwback for like if your group played in Cholt and knows the people from Port Nianzuru like then wink. 
then like yeah, then you like you meet this person who also knows this people that your other characters knew. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's a small world. right. I think, <laughs> so I think the thing with so my impression is based on that that the whole thing with the Ring of Winter and the Frost Giants is like a throwback for like I see a tie into Storm King's Thunder. Like haha, see the world is. The realms are connected, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because otherwise, it doesn't make any sense for us to have to care or engage with at all. That plot line, right. And there's the thing where it assumes that we are Harpers and like Harpers, and would want, therefore, to be allied yeah. to Artist Simber, when in fact our natural inclination is to be like, you're Harpers, yeah. screw you. Yeah. Right? Um, We're going to fall in love with the Frost Giant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think what you said is true that he's written as a potential ally because he he seems powerful. Yeah, he's he's got this artifact ring. He's like I don't, he's like a couple hundred years old or something. I don't he's know. He's clearly a couple hundred years old yeah. and has an conjure artifact. an ice vulture and ride off on it. Right, like I think I think he's there, knowing kind of how realms things work with Harpers particularly. Yeah, it's usually they throw in like a powerful Harper or two like on the sidelines. Such that if the characters get in over their heads on something, yeah. the Harpers can come in and save them because they're buddies. <laughs> is usually like how that. Yeah, or you could ask him Laura questions if you get lost or something. <laughs> right, something like that. Yeah. And so I don't think we need Artist Simber. I think that's completely on its own. Agree. That we don't have to engage with. Yep. So, and like Kirsawal we dealt with, and like I don't think there's another larger mystery. I think Omu is where we're, we're supposed to be, Agree. and we found it. Yep. And Rosnessy's here, and we eventually are going to talk to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The only other thing I can think of in Cholt is the druid guy, who we'll go see, I guess, after we resolve. Yeah, but who cares about him? He's the, He was just there as, a, like, a guide if you need a guide. No, sorry, and uh, the Tree Brother dude? Oh, that guy. Yeah, that, that I think, is bolt-on for, from, uh, from Jared. Agree. Trying to use his other module, or, yep. like... Making a space for his other module, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is not Tomb of Annihilation centered. Yeah, which I would actually almost Amaranth would rather engage with that at all, right? Like, uh, like we don't. I don't like necromantic things. I would rather deal with an, uh, like a druid with some plants, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, um, after we fix up Omu, we can go see that. And then the only other place that we didn't really hear that much about. Was Nangalore, with, which is supposed to be like a magic garden of some uh, princess. Yeah, true, true. And Jared had said to me once that he was thinking of slotting in his other adventure there. Which is fine that he did or didn't, but that tells me that there's nothing so consequential there that we can't have skipped it. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yep, no, I agree. So yeah, I think, yes, we have questions. Mainly... What the heck does Rosnessy even want? <laughs> right. And, and and what's the relationship between him and the Lich, presumably a Sararak? Right. And why hasn't he already done whatever needs doing in the tomb? Either he is a protector of the tomb, or he's... That's an interesting take. Maybe he's an SRX employee. Right. Or he's too scared to go in there for some reason. Or he's not powerful enough. Or he's not powerful enough. In which case, are we really powerful enough? <laughs> um, or... Or he... I don't know. Supposedly they're Dendar worshippers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's right. And he wants to bring about the end of the world because he's just a jerk. 
he's a nihilist. <laughs> yeah, but not like nothing. A, not like a funny German nihilist, uh, right? And and so maybe he. he... <laughs> like, yeah, I get Manfred like hearing us talk about Dendar, and he's like, "Tell me more." About <laughs> yeah, hmm, <yes. laughs> he eats the sun. You say? <laughs> I could see the appeal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then also, what's in this for us? <laughs> like, like death curse is bad, right? Yeah, well, we didn't know about the death, death curse when we got there, right? Why did we come to Chult in the first place? Just because Iku and Tree Brothers, Tree Brother. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, Iku invited us, and we wanted to find out about this other thing going on with Tree Brother and dinosaurs and dinosaurs for you. And then it was like, hey, there's this death curse, and you I guys need to take care of it, which is fine. But, like, yeah. Do you want to go into this very, very dangerous place with almost no treasure and probably die to solve this death curse for everybody else? <laughs> well, if yeah. if the Tomb of Annihilation is as loaded with treasure as the Temple of the Fractured Skull was... I don't think so. Okay, okay. Because, I mean, we, we walked out of that one with a lot. Well, that was nice. Yeah, we should go back, and now that we know it's here again, <laughs> we should go do that again. <laughs> yeah. Except, uh, it was also annoying with treasure trap Traps and puzzles. puzzles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But John didn't play it, so... <laughs> we'll just let we John... Make, make, him, make him solve all the puzzles. I don't know, John, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which direction do we go next? <laughs> no, 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 we don't do that. <laughs> what else do we do? <laughs> uh... John, do you have questions? Can we touch on? Um, I just have a hard time keeping everything straight because you guys have been involved with this place for a while. For a while. I keep forgetting the names of stuff. And then even if I'm not named, I forget the significance of them. So it's not always great. I'm kind of lost sometimes. <laughs> I, think, I think once we pick up a new adventure, a new plot thread, a new series of baddies and stuff. I think it'll be a lot easier to keep track of. You only came in, like, we'd only been in Schult two or three episodes, okay. sessions. We have other history outside of Schult. Yeah. Um, but, is it where we go? Yeah, so it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> So, another question to say, this is looking a bit further out. Once we're done with Schult, what do we want to do next? I know that when Jared first took over, the idea was that we would kind of rotate. Rotate. Jams, that has not happened. No, it hasn't. It's actually hard to manage. Right. I think that's part of the reason why we have it is because it was just easier to keep going the way it has been. I kind of like the idea of, like, uh, somebody runs a a story arc, an adventure, like, you know, Mm -hmm. three, four, five adventures, like, ties up plot threads, and then, you know, we shift. Oh, now now it's Mike's turn. Now you know, I kind of like that idea. So, and not that I'm necessarily volunteering to do it. Um, yes, I'm you just, are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'd like to run something too at some point. So. All right. So so Rob hasn't run anything before. I did that one. Faith, had you played Fate, John? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a. Anyway, um, uh, so just to give Jared a chance to play again and then there's a question of do we keep with the party and just like swap out a character for Jared for whoever leaves yeah that's a that's a really character yeah it's possible to do that it's easy enough so what happens if you played before 
Oh, that was in a different campaign. Right. Uh, so you just, those guys you just created new, just create new characters for gaming? We did, yeah. Oh. yeah. So the last time those previous characters were all together, they were running away from a dragon. Oh. Presumably, to later be hunted down and killed individually. <laughs> not, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> if you stay, if, if, yeah. If you stay in Waterdeep, dragons can't go in there unless exactly. someone lets them in with the dragon stuff. You're fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, or sure, it's fine. Or an Inferno did a bit of adventuring off to the side. Yeah, or an Inferno did. Right. So and they fought a, an even bigger dragon. That's right. And they killed it. That's right. Uh, See, the problem is that Contra didn't have any ranged weapons. <laughs> <laughs> he somehow got to level 12 without yeah. really needing any range. And then... And then Contra was my first character. <laughs> and he's, he's a, a half paladin, half fighter. And um, a lot of rookie mistakes for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, I really like Contra as a character. And I, as I've been... Uh, as I've been delving back into Waterdeep a little bit, just for my own lonely fun, and um, and in the thought of, of at some point running Dragon Heist, like uh, I I've there I think there was a lot of things to do with Contra's um, backstory, backstory and threads in particular that we didn't that we didn't fully exploit. That there was yeah. there was more to do there. Yeah, uh, we did a little bit of it, um, but sure. there but there. Were, there really was like if we if instead of Rob taking me up on it and and going on a thing with Orin, if we had really done like uh, a sidebar with Contra, there's a lot going on with like his involvement with his family, his relationship to the Broken Gulfs, like all of that stuff has some meat on that bone, right? Yeah. Um. And um. And and I uh, yeah I drew up tables for each of you like. Just uh, one through twenty uh, with those old characters of like one, you're dead in a ditch. You know, like twenty, <laughs> it's the best possible epilogue. Yeah, epilogue. <laughs> Maybe basically the aftermath of the right? That's awesome. Um, and and there were and as I was coming up with possibilities for Contra, I was like, yeah, that would be interesting, and like this one would be interesting, and like this one would be interesting. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. D just, just, just real quick. So, what we talked about was as we take turns GMing, there are possibilities for either uh, spinning up new characters or incorporating previous characters as needed. We even talked about like if we're in a situation where we're all really low level and we need to bring in one of the ringers for the previous campaign, we could do something like that. Yeah, or you just have kind of a character stable and like in between arcs, they kind of go back to the home base. Whatever and like, then if Rob's running for a little while, it's because <clears throat> Yorgrim's off doing a thing, right. and so then the rest of us, including Jared's character that we haven't seen in a while or that is new to the campaign because he was jamming, are gonna go do this other thing for like three to five sessions, and then back to home base, and then like, oh, Yorgrim's back, but then Zillin has to go do this thing, so we're all doing this this thing with you know like yeah, the, you, you just kind of. Like uh, like GI Joe missions, right? Where like they don't send all the GI Joes, right? There's like they're, they're sending like Scarlet and Snake Eyes and you know and the Sailor Dude. What's the Sailor Dude? Oh gosh, that's been shipwreck. We're sending shipwreck and Scarlet and Snake Eyes, and it's not really clear why those three exactly and barbecue, right? And that's who's on the mission, right? Yeah, like yeah, and yeah. that gets that is dealt with and then like they go back to 
Joe Base Central, and the next mission it's like you know barbecue and <laughs> Scarlet and, and Roadblock. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a big deal. That's fun. Would you? Should we arrange it so that when they, when it hits summertime and seminary is not anymore, that's when we could start the Waterdeep uh, or Dragon Heist uh, adventure arc? Uh, if yeah, we could do that. Um, I like that idea. It it could conceivably occupy us from now till then to be in Chol. Um Not necessarily, but it could, right? Yeah, because we're finishing up Omu, which I, I think the Raznazi Tomb of Annihilation. Started. I don't know that we're finishing it up, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well it, let's assume that it takes us through February. Right, that's four oh, at sessions. least. That's that's four more sessions. Just just in Omu, or for all? I was thinking just well, for the, Omu. Well, the Tomb of Annihilation is big, right? Y- yeah, um, that is. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm talking about all, all the whole module. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that could take us through the end of the school year. Or not, but it could. And then yes, theoretically, I, I'm, I'd be willing to to GM over the summer. And I think I'm at the point where um, I can probably GM during the year. But maybe I'm overestimating my ability to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that might be okay. Uh, be interested in, in Jared and Mike's thoughts on that. Obviously, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I. I've expressed my enjoyment in, yeah. in GMing, so I like playing I, I right? plan. Um, I, I, I just, if anybody really wants to give it a try, like for me, doing that one shot um, with the eagle eyes thing, that was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, give up so and easy. Not, not, that, not that I'll never do it again, right. but like. Um, to, to say that I'm going to take on like a multi-session arch within the D&D world that we currently um, occupy. But you, you would just take a smallish module, something pre-written, a, an adventure from a dungeon magazine or yeah. something, right? And, and you would find a place to slot it in. Sure. Find a reason to involve the characters. You'd... you'd work it into the world if it's not already worked in and it only has to work for three to five sessions yeah. Right? Yeah. like it's not and, and, and I will at some point <laughs> my, what, the point I was trying to get at was like I know that Mike has like little to no interest in DMing, in DMing but if Rob would like to I want to make sure that he has an opportunity at some point otherwise I'm fine with going straight from Jared to you but I, I don't want to want Rob to well, out if if we do Dragon Heist, it would be new characters starting and and remaining in Waterdeep. It would not be bringing bring your characters. Yeah, yeah. And part of that, I I sense. love making new characters. Even <laughs> I don't play them. It's... Right. No. Yeah. That would that would definitely be. And I have like grand designs on on enmeshing them with existing NPCs in a way that all Druid party new, again. Yeah. <laughs> Super. In bring it. <laughs> all rogues. Got it. Um, <laughs> In which case, we really would just play Blades in the Dark. Um, all paladins. Oh my gosh. That would be so obnoxious. You there! Stop doing that wrong thing! So, Repeat so that. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on this D&D podcast I listened to, they brought in 
like a, a guest, one of their friends, to play a, a character for a few episodes. Okay. And he was a paladin of Rhaegar. And he, he did this really great thing where he spoke in like this lofty voice the whole time whenever he was in character. And everything that he did was by the blank of Rhaegar. So like <laughs> right. when, when like someone would, would like say something I expected, he'd be like, um, like by the surprise of Rhaegar, I had no idea that this you know, <laughs> by the indignation of Rhaegar. <laughs> it's That's funny. so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for it. All paladins. I'm yeah. That's great. <laughs> but but all worshipping different gods. <laughs> In our off time, we're all trying to convert each other. Well, or you can do that with clerics, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, right. No! Tempest is the best. <laughs> no, Lathander is yeah. the best. Question Did the sun come up today? You're welcome. <laughs> uh, or, or making, or staying in the city the whole time, but being all rangers. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We track it. No, it's like no. There's people walking on the street, and you can't tell when they came through. I don't care what you roll. I draw my bow. You're in the middle of town. You're arrested. Are there beasts? No, there aren't. There's a really hairy guy. There's a cat in an alley. I mean, I guess all druids would be just just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's the 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 all. I suspect that the next party will have more gray. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the current party already does. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it it's it's fun to a point. But it has been, I, I actually think it has been an excellent. Yeah. Experiment. I mean, the fact that yeah. we were all able to like find our own niche. Right. Makes it work, but with like five druids, would we still be able to make that work? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We would have a. We would have. There's. Multiple circles we haven't used. That's right? true. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, and then John, you're GMing at some point. I would like to actually. Really I think nice. Idea. All right. Yeah, have to figure out more. Perfect. Well, cool. Cool. If you're interested in fate, <laughs> <laughs> he's like a Jehovah's Witness. Just, <laughs> just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I I like never heard of it before. I was just looking for something, <laughs> and I was intimidated. About doing a D and D campaign, especially with how much Jared and Dave both like to get into like the realms of yeah. Right. So I was like, I'm to gonna me. I'm gonna say something wrong, like that it's not gonna be canonical. And so <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna do something completely different. So we were like, and I found a website, cool. and it was like all these different adventures, like completely different from each other. And they all use the same underlying gaming system called Fate. And apparently, it's like this trope almost where like people who play Fate will get really into it. And anytime you talk about, you know, like I want to run a game with this and this and this and this, and like, and someone would be suggesting systems in like a forum thread, and there will always be some guy coming. Have you have you tried Fate? (laughs) (laughs) So I just say it for the joke. I don't actually care about all that much. I do have the books and the dice if we ever decide to pull it out but it's not like I'm like witnessing for it <laughs> I, I still think it's funny with your I was, little copy of Watchtower yeah Fate <laughs> I still think it's funny I was looking back through the old threads and after we played that game of Fate I was like trying to like, this, like the dice rolling was confusing to me so the next day I did all this math and posted it 
and the net like I did I posted it and the next thing was Dave has left the forum and then I was like oh I guess he didn't want to hear it really was accidental <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, was, I was like I don't know did I did I upset him or something? He's like, oh, like, notification. Nope. <laughs> I, I do not want to discuss the mathematical underpinnings of the fate system. <laughs> Jared yeah. made some joke about it. About so it. Like, like I kept saying the DC is too hard. I wasn't like giving them enough <laughs> dice to replenish. The so at point, Dave was like, this is not working. <laughs> you needed to be told. I did need to be told. No, it was good. I appreciate it. I don't want to like intimidate, like make you feel intimidated or anything. It, it was good feedback that I need to have. <laughs> Everything is a DM. You're like, that's a DC twenty check to walk across the street. By the way, <laughs> no, no, what it really came down to was like they were like, I want to do something, and it didn't fit neatly into like the railroad that I had laid out. And I was like, that's a real hard check, <laughs> regardless of actual abilities or circumstances. So. But I learned that lesson, and hopefully I'll do better next time. Whenever I work up, that was good. It was a fun game. It was fun. It was. It was fun. So okay. So what I'm hearing is, uh, we're gonna play through Cholt. Then, if there's time before summer, Rob is gonna have a thing. I'm in. And your groom is gonna maybe do something. Go off somewhere. Yep. And. Jared will play, assuming this is what Jared wants to. Um, Jared, if you're listening, <laughs> this is the plan. If you're listening, it means that we've just completed the Tomb of Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, then we'll do a re- reboot, possibly of the store. Yep, sounds, sounds good. And then we'll see what happens. Dragon Heist only runs one through five, but... Really? But... Could you I, come up with material in Waterdeep for levels of Beyond Five? <laughs> <laughs> but I could stretch. What I'm thinking of is I could actually stretch Dragon Heist f- for a much longer period, nice. than one through five, um, by interjecting a bunch of stuff that isn't directly related to the plot as written. Cool. And I, in fact, I'd like to change it significantly. Um, I read I read some stuff on the Alexandrian about how he would change it, and it, it got me thinking about like how I would streamline. It's it's written such that with this kind of gimmick of like you choose a villain up front, and that maps it to a season. Hmm. But all the villains are sort of interesting in their own ways, and it's possible to tie it together differently so such that you can involve all of them oh, to some extent or another. Or um, plus, I have you may be aware a whole bunch of other ideas about stuff going on at work. <laughs> that I can tell you. Yeah, no, it's good. It'll be interesting to switch back to a city setting after being out in the in nature for so long. Yeah, it will be completely different. It will be it will be like a different game. Right? Highly social. Highly social, and skill based. Not not just. Combat. I, I don't want everyone to think like, oh, I I can't come to this game without a charisma heavy character. Right? Like there will be investigation checks. Ah. There will be. You know, like a lot, it, it, it will be built, built around skill checks and NPC interaction entirely, cool. almost right. And then, like, combat, not every session, yeah, right. right. Makes sense, pretty much just for boss battles, <laughs> yeah. Basically. And then, like, a lot of um, 
some mystery figuring out what's what, but also some kind of urban sandbox where it's like, okay, uh, uh, you know, just because we want to explore the world, world of the city a little bit, like, you know, we're going to roll up some random party that you're going to and kind of what's going on at it and how that, and then we'll tie it in later, right? Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Yeah, and I have so many different house rule sets that I'm already juggling. That I'm, I wrote them. I have like a chart at work of like, okay, why do I want this? <laughs> what are the possible drawbacks? How do I incorporate should, it? Should I do this? Yeah. <laughs> Redoing organizations and factions. Uh, like it's touched on in the DMG, but it's like uh, we don't really know what to do with it. But you could like earn renown in a faction, and that could be oh. good somehow. <laughs> Is basically what it says, and like, and but the benefits they're offering for that are like not worth the trouble. trouble. Yeah, Mm. it's like you you know you could spend a whole bunch of time impressing these guys, and then they could loan you like a CR one half thug for a day. (laughs) It's like, well, they could, yeah, but like by the time you've done that, you won't need that, right? We could just hire him for right, like two gold. Right, like eight gold pieces <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like some of the, the treasure for the encounters that we've had on this campaign so far. Where yeah, it's where like, it's like we found some twelve gold right. in the canteen. Yeah. It's like, thanks. We found some wool clothing. Oh, sorry, no offense, Jared. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what he's reading out of the thing. Right? <laughs> he, he dived to a bottom of the well. It's pitch black. You might find yeah. a secret If you check all opening. the stones. Well, right. If you do, 300. Oh, that's actually, we were like, uh, we're not getting any treasure and it sucks. And then it's like, oh, this next day you kill, he has no bow. Okay. <laughs> that was, nice. I, that was nice. I think he's legit part of the module. He is, but I'm not sure the oath bow is. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, so, way to be responsive to feedback. Generally. No, that's true, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what if there was renown? <laughs> That'd be cool, right? Um, but yeah, that's the funny. Waterdeep campaign is not going to be kill people, take their stuff. Right? No murder hobos. Uh, right, it's basically, <laughs> it's basically a non-murder hobo campaign. Anti. Yeah, uh, uh, which is tricky, to still play in D and D because yeah. D&D is built around the idea of kill things and take their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, so yeah. Hmm. So you need a board. You you might we might need a board. You know any? <laughs> I've had a I've had a warlock character on the brain for a while. That might be mm-hmm. what I end up rolling. I'm I'm debating whether I would want to go. But you should plan on your your people being probably from Waterdeep and probably having living family still in town. Yeah. Like not you're not you're not orphans the orphan with, hero. with tragic histories <laughs> from someplace else coming in and like raiding the town. Yeah, yeah. That's not what's happening, right? I kinda like the idea so I really enjoyed playing Swift Shadow, but she was like a little too quiet and reserved <laughs> for me. And thinking about playing a monk another monk. But that's like one of these like trust fund kids who like goes off and finds himself. <laughs> Ooh, I like back. that. I like that. And he's like, Namaste. He's <laughs> like got like two earrings and <laughs> bleach tips. That's hilarious. 
That's funny. And he like wrote a book about what it was like that's to right. be a monk. <laughs> it's like bestseller, yeah, like somebody who's actually from that culture, like just rolling their eyes. That's yeah. how to find inner peace. That's funny. It doesn't matter. Material possessions don't matter. I've never had to worry about money. Anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> you should all just be like me and use your trust fund to pay for it. That's funny. So that's that's one idea that I'm playing with, but one of the things I really loved about this, so it, it was fun coming up with Contrance for Shadow, but um, it was in, injecting characters into existing parties. I really enjoyed like brainstorming as a group what our party makeup was going to look like. Yeah, they were right. I like that. I, li- I that, like that. That kind of session yeah. zero. Yeah. Right. Where, you, even where though, you're not even doing very much adventuring that first session, but you're, you're spending a lot of time being like, yeah, that could work. I mean, even not Kind of like the I even thought about doing the relationships like fiasco, yeah. right? Where you, yeah, where you, we could literally steal that setting, or you know, it's kind of built. Jason's built it to like point at <laughs> terrible conflict between characters, right? And we don't necessarily need that, but you do need like it's okay if your characters are brothers, or your characters are married, or yeah. your characters are. Grew up together, and right. or they served in the military together somewhere, yeah, or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they have a history that yeah. isn't is more than you met in a tavern, and you're an elf, and you're a halfling, and you know you're an orphan with a tragic past, you know like you just met yesterday, right? And now yeah. you're you know adventuring together. Now you're yeah. best bros. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do like the idea of, of identifying the relationships first and coming up with races and classes. And that worked well, I think, for this campaign, too, at least at the start, um, for us to be like, yeah, we're all druids, so I guess we're druids together at a college. You know? yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is that what the deal was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get it? Oh. To start with. Yeah. Them. And then Zlun and Amaranth knew each other before. Right, we had written in some history of, of us right, being together. My, I, I think my <laughs> favorite part about a cohesive session zero is you don't necessarily have to worry about... Because I, I felt like a little in your in our first campaign mm-hmm. that different characters had sometimes kind of wildly divergent motivations. Like, right. like I like here's a situation we're in. I want this thing to happen. This other character wants this really different outcome here, and it it just it wasn't it wasn't like not that fun. That becomes a speedboat. Yeah. Yeah. It just it had a, we had a lot of we had to just talk about it all the, you know what I mean I don't know but if you're all druids and I mean you know you're all like yeah save nature yeah save okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that often I, I find is a problem with it's a problem with like the generic D&D party right yeah. of like you have a rogue who's like there to steal things but then you next to him you have this cleric who like hates undead and, and like wants to do good and yeah and then there's this fighter who just wants to kill whatever, and there's right. this magic user who wants, yeah. like, by default, to just research spells, you know? Like, yeah. what are... Unless unless your job is go into the dark, kill things, take their stuff, what other cohesive reason do these people have right. for being together, right? Yeah, there to needs be, to be one right, yeah, right. for a more meaningful, story-heavy campaign. Right, right, right. right. They were childhood friends who went on wildly divergent <laughs> paths, and they came back and from high school reunion, right. and they realized... And this is their, 10th anniversary yeah. reunion and now they're ready to adventure together. Yeah, yeah. And at the, when they're drinking at the bar one night, one of them's like, you know what we should do? <laughs> you know that dark cave up on the hill? The one that we I were always scared to go into as kids? Yeah. Right. 
All right, that's it. We got our origin. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> we should all go in there. Yeah, and murder everything we find. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and sometimes in the party you have like chaotic evil typhling. And, right. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just hand wave it all, and it works fine. But but it works at a... It's a different game. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's yeah, the same yeah. rules, but it's a different game. Yeah, it's easier to suspend disbelief when you have more plausible things pulling you together. <sighs> cool. Still feel really unprepared for what we have remaining in Chult. <laughs> I'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, it'll be fine. We always do. <laughs> I feel like I feel like now that you're a player with us, Dave, you're like the crazy idea guy. You're always like, all right, guys, what if? <laughs> well, I, 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 especially in re-listening to the sessions, I know that I talk way too much. Like, I, it's, my play style is very assertive, mm-hmm. and I think that I, I jump in and talk for the group long before I've consulted anybody mm. most of the time. And I recognize that as a character flaw of, well, some, of Dave the player. Sometimes it's good to just, like, keep things moving, though. You know what I mean? Because, so, so, like, some... I've seen some game sessions where, like, the objective is, like, attack the town, and you sit around for two hours, like, okay... Debating about whether What if yeah. we're going to go this... And, I mean... To be fair, sometimes it's... All right, so I get the right key and I use it, and we interject with, well, what if we use a different key... Yeah, like it's like uh, let's not solve it. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's make this a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was fine. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Old D and D, like at, uh, like original D and D, used to have the concept of a, of a caller who was like the player whose job it was to say what the party's really doing. Oh, gotcha. And, and the final answer guy. Right. And and they would be the obnoxious loudmouth like me. Um, who uh, but that that's also because sometimes the party would be quite large. Ten people, twelve people, right. something, right? More than Whoa. a GM can reasonably pull everybody on, right? Yeah. And so then you have like the person who the party leader, you know, whose job it is to be like, okay Okay, this is what we're doing, GM, right? Um, to simplify that so that there's yeah. less the confusion across talk, right? Yeah, that makes sense. What's that? The union leader. Something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry if that bugs anyone, but I can't really help it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a well, I, if I disagree with you, I'll chip in. So, well, you know. But, it, yeah, but it does mean in listening to the... To the sessions, it's like fifty percent Jared talking, forty percent Dave talking, <laughs> nine point eight percent everybody else talking, and then like two point two percent John says a few things. <laughs> That's funny. I think more stuff can actually get to. Me. Well, having you better mic this last time made a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I still haven't listened to the last session. I was wait until we're almost to our next game uh-huh. so I can refresh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I, st- I still have listened to it. The sound quality is better. That's, uh, <laughs> the that's good. That it was really the, the time before, I was <laughs> like, I, I, about, I was like a third of the way through it, and I was like, do I even want to listen to the rest of this? Because the, the audio quality was, I mean, you know, like, no offense, but it was, it was so bad. Like, I couldn't even hear other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I did, you know, sort of I muscle, too, muscle yeah, through it. Yeah. Sorry. sorry, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. 
Also, also you, yeah, Jinx, <laughs> Jinx. Also, your character Amaranth has the highest charisma, so you're kind of the party face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. For better or worse. I, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Contra definitely talked a lot when he was playing. So <laughs> Contra was a high charisma, high charisma. loud mouth, very full of himself. I am interested to see how it goes when you start DMing again because I feel like our group planning and cohesion has become a lot better. Because before, before <laughs> I make a plan happen. Yeah, yeah. Because before, when you were DMing, like, like I mean, no offense to the rest of the group, like I would get on Slack and be like, "What are we doing, guys?" And like radio silence. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Occasionally, someone else might chip in. Right. You know, and I was always like. Okay, I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. But I'm, you know, it was just a lot. Of, it was just there was less. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I, I feel like maybe we're a little more in the habit now, or I don't know. More people are more comfortable with Slack, and so I don't know. So maybe it'll hopefully it'll be a little better, but we'll see. I think what's happening is that one or the other of you is throwing something out, and the other one is responding, and so you have a dialogue. But <laughs> the rest of us are still pretty quiet. Like Mike and I. Yeah. don't get on Slack a ton in between sessions. That's, that's a good point, actually. Um, that's a good point. You and, and I are probably the heaviest users of Slack. True. And also, like, <laughs> and Jared, I, 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 think, Jared. I think I think Mike and I have both expressed this. Like, we're in this more for the, the company than anything else. Um, the lore and the planning. And, and so, yeah, so, like, I enjoy talking about the stuff, but, um, like, I, I, I enjoy it a lot more in this setting because I'm hanging out with you guys when I'm at work or when I'm dealing with screaming kids or whatever or um, whatever I'm going on, it's just hard for me to get into it on Slack. And so it's not that I don't want to participate. It's that I don't have a strong enough opinion yeah, that to sense. feel like – because I, like, I don't want to, to voice something and you guys take it as, oh, Mike really wants to do this. When in reality, I'm fine with whatever as long as I get to hang out with you guys. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that so, if, if that's a problem, if I need to speak up more, then I'll do that. But I just don't want to influence things in a certain direction. And then you guys be like, man, I really wish that we would have done X, Y, Z. And me going, I had no idea. I didn't really care that much. <laughs> like, it did work well when I was GMing uh, to deal with that problem by, or at least partially in play. By Remember when we divided up like roles a little bit? Yeah. In terms of like, okay, I'm going to ask, I forget how we did it. Exactly. Like he was always the one who like said which direction we were going in a dungeon or something. Right. Like yeah. Had, yeah. It was like if if I want to know what direct where the party is going, I'll ask you. If I want to know like uh, what you're going to say to an NPC. Right. Yeah. Someone had the, uh, Contra had the social interactions. Yeah. Right. Like and or maybe it was Malor. Um, Jared was the co- the combat initiative tracker. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we had that divided up yeah. a little bit to make sure that everyone was getting some spotlight time. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, there's a game called uh, Primetime Adventures, which is based around the idea of a TV show. Like, you're... It, it basically... Like, this plays like a Coen Brothers movie. That plays like a season of a drama or a comedy. Um, it, and it there's a concept of screen time for, for characters of, like, this is your... Your screen time is, is one through three. And so if, you, if, it's, if it's John's character's screen time three episode, then he will have a better chance of succeeding at conflicts and everything oh. else because it's his wow. It's his episode. That's really and, like, interesting. And the plot is, is going to be revolving around whatever his character's arc is. Right? Huh. 
And you see this when you watch TV, right? Like you're like, yeah. oh, th- this is this is the episode with this guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and and so I've thought about that uh, whether whether it, that's one way that an in city campaign can really help characters to sh- hmm. to shine is to have a concept of like either by rolling or by mapping it out ahead of time, even right? Like I think in Primetime Adventures, if I'm not mistaken, you it's a six or a twelve episode arc um, and you I think you determine screen time ahead of time so like you know going in that like okay episode one I, my screen time is one episode two my screen time is three episodes three and four it's a two and then it's a one and then it's a three again, huh. or whatever right yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and so like you know like okay this is this is my session where I'm a one and like but it's but it's Mike's three episode, and so like it's yeah, my job to make sure that, yeah. he, that he's shining, that, that, that he is that, getting spotlight time, and like that, that it's that really sense. revolving around his character's yeah, arc yeah. Um, for the, for this session. Uh, In my times later, and and knowing that yeah, everyone's going to yeah, do yeah, the yeah, same yeah. for you next time. I, I like something like that because the way they were doing it before was really we all had these different plot hooks. And so every time we finished up one, it was like, okay, which plot hook are we going to chase after next? Right, which you and, tug on, yeah. And, and, and I always felt like, unless every single other person had gotten a turn, I always felt guilty saying, well, I'd really like to pursue one of mine because mm-hmm. I didn't know how long that was going to take. And if I was like committing the party to eight episodes, eight sessions, and that's the thing plot hook. Tr- that is tricky about uh, introducing a screen time mechanic into D&D is that Things don't necessarily take one session to resolve right. in terms of right. characters, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Prime Time Adventures is, is structured in such a way where like you're setting up stakes related to their characters uh, in, in scenes, mm-hmm. kind of like in Fiasco, um, and and then but each episode is, is yeah. each play session is like an episode of TV and is it is, has the beats of that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, such that it resolves whatever kind of character conflict is going on that episode for whichever character. I, I think this is another advantage of having characters with strongly overlapping backgrounds and goals because, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, you're, like, if... But if, distinct if, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if we're all druids, it's much easier to say, here's a big druid plot hook, and we all feel like we're invested and interested mm-hmm. and... Involved, yeah. I that's yeah. That, yeah. That's that's a, this is an interesting discussion. Like. We, when we may not be able to do like a pre-mapped out session by session thing like that, but if we can do some sort of rotation that's that's a quicker turnaround than what we used to have, mm-hmm. um, it would require a little bit more um, management or something. Well, I, I think it's going to take some more upfront planning out of what we want to do. Um, whole concept there is that you've got the overarching storyline and then you've got the the contributing threads mm-hmm. from each character um, that may be difficult when we haven't you know we're, we're improvising this as we go and we don't have the structured mechanics that you were talking about so it may not be one well, session per but it may be like okay for the next two to three sessions we're going to try within the next three sessions the, we'll try to the thing out. about the way i would want to run dragon heist is i'm not in any hurry to get you to the end of like there's plenty of of interesting distraction that can occur yeah. at a at a Along one or two session level. Uh, so I'm not that worried about about something taking eight sessions and like it because it's not like you're gonna go 
to some far off location like in we did in the previous campaign where it's like and then fight your way into a dungeon and then deal with the dungeon the next session and then like you know it's not going to be it doesn't have to be like that right. four session arc per a, to get Dawnbringer or whatever out of the yeah. High House of Thalavar right that yeah. took how many sessions oh gosh a bunch a bunch yeah but, and that was that was ultimately that had a couple of other threads hanging off it but ultimately that was like Oren wants this thing yeah right yeah, yeah very true John were you starting to say something Hashtag RPG theory. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the more I think about it, the more excited I'm getting about the social play aspect. Because, like, tonight was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, totally. I saw this thing. I, I liked I, that, that, we were, that it went so well when we were like, and you're the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well. <laughs> yeah. Howdy. I was a little uncomfortable when Rob kept, like, trying to tug down the front of his shirt. I was like, I get it. <laughs> you're trying to show cleavage. I think, I think it wasn't enough. No. <laughs> I, <disagree. laughs> I mean, it was great for the sake. It was Mike's hang ups. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was getting Mike into character. I got to get into character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's lots of D and D memes out there. I saw one the other day that was just like, you know, please remember, dear players, before you go seduce every available NPC out there in the world, that I am the one who has to play the, the other <laughs> the other side of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially if you're like teenage boy. You know. <laughs> no, I just mean like when I was GMing, I felt like I was seducing you guys up. Uh-uh. <laughs> Come on, play along. That's funny. <laughs> oh man! It introduced more romantic relationships than than this campaign has had. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So sorry if I made you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's no, good. We uh, <clears throat> yeah, there were so, especially back when Josiah was. Here and the whole yeah. becoming a man yeah. thing, yeah, that happened with several characters. So, yeah, Malor time. Yeah, Malor had a relationship, uh, and Or kept getting hit on by a married woman. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't resist doing that every time. That was awesome. And everyone's like, <laughs> 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 it was so like, and Contra had a girlfriend there for a while, um, and everybody yeah. hit uh, Chant the Elvistar. Yeah. <laughs> She she was like the village bicycle, kept showing up, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, there was a lot of that. Oh man, <laughs> that was so funny though. Oh and Mog, oh, oh and yeah, Mog and Mike Lightfoot, yeah, that was classic. Yeah, she's like this blue hag, and he just decided, and she decided his elf looked tasty, and he decided he was into it. <laughs> so Mike and I flirted for like a whole episode, and then it kept. They kept finding reasons to visit. Kept school. going, yeah. <laughs> Mog was, yeah, Mog and Byros, they were a thing. That's that was that was true love. <laughs> it was seriously funny whenever Orin would go back to the Spires of the Morning. <laughs> Karina Lathan yeah. would be like, Hey Orin. You look great. <laughs> My dumb I'm a married me. woman. <laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> Should we pray? Let's, let's hold hands and pray. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's good times. <laughs> I think I might 
make a new initiative tracker since the ones that we've had before have. I, yeah, I have strong feelings about the uselessness of initiative <laughs> trackers. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I feel like the way that initiatives written for five E we don't take full advantage of because it really could just be like. Jared has said he doesn't care how we do it, and there's and he even linked to that thing of like five different ways to do it. Yeah, and we, like. It it, it it listening to combat on our podcast. It, it is a common thing for me, like, and whose turn is that again? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And, and so either a better order, or he has said, Jared said, like he could do it. We're just like he goes, and then we sort out, figure it out, who's going on our tap, and then it's him, and then it's yeah. us. Well, we could we could just make a default of like, all right, around the room, unless there's a reason not to. The, right. That. Um, I think I told you my friend Rich in his other session, they would roll initiative at the beginning of the night and then they would sit in that order. Uh, and then and then that's how combat always ran, right? I, I kind of like that, maybe. Yeah. Kinda like that. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. You, it, right. It, it, it just as a, a time-saving measure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's a little bit of strategy to, like, going first, but... You and I have been over this in terms of like right. why I don't feel like it's that big a deal <laughs> like to have a, advantage on initiative. Like, yeah, yeah you yep. get maybe one extra turn, but then it's just a round robin. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like if, and, if there's when, certain... we, when we like all dole out damage before the GM goes and destroy a thing, then it matters <laughs> a little bit that we did that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I think it matters to the extent of like if we know that whenever possible you want to cast bless. Or somebody needs to cast bless on Jorgen before you watch it. Right. Or well, and that's that's what we were saying is it mattered for Orin because Orin had things he wanted to do before other things happened in, in right. combat. Right. Or or if like John is paralyzed, it really matters that Orin goes before John so I can unparalyze him and then you know what I mean. But for Jorgrim, it doesn't. No, I'll just, I'm just doing damage. Like it's not right. really like I'm not interacting <laughs> with anyone else. You are a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. We could, do, but if you want to do a new tracker, you should. I think. Just do we still have the one around that Jared had? We could. I gave it back to him because uh, I was like, uh, "Where am I going to keep this?" Uh, I got you. And I, it didn't. I didn't care to use it. You didn't want to store it or, or use it. Yeah. 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 What's your? Do you have like a plan, like a vision for what you want? No, no. I like, just yeah. People make little ones with you stick clothespins on. Yeah, whatever, that's but, that's what but, I was going to do. But, but uh, that to me isn't functionally different than what we're doing now with a thing. Uh, on a, a, a bunch of numbers on the screen or on a whiteboard, uh, but it's it's still going to be like, whose turn is it? You know, so, looking at close bits. So what if we, I, I, I like the idea of rolling the shift first and seeing in that order, and then if, if Jared wants to, he can roll like a D6 to see what order he comes in at. So if we're mm. seated one through five, mm-hmm. we'd be like, okay, if I roll a one, I go first. If I roll a six, I go last. Yeah. And so yeah. on. Uh, that gives him an equal chance of being between everyone's initiatives, which is not how the numbers w- would currently work, right? We're, we're depending on the combat, we are favored to go before it usually, re- usually, right? Yeah, it changes the mathematics of that, but that's fine. true. But as a simplifying mechanism, as good as anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I just like to. It seems like the last time we played, someone has brought up the whole "if only we had an initiative tracker." And <laughs> I don't think it would be. Yeah, I, I do like either just straight up going around the room or sitting in initiative order because then, like, no one ever has to ask, "Who do I go after?" Right. Yeah. Well, 